You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. Visit us online at kingswisbeach.org.uk. John chapter 10, verse 11. And I'm going to be speaking today about um, I am the Good Shepherd. This is starting a new sermon series that we're just kicking off today um, called Jesus in His Own Words. And what we're going to be doing in this series is we're going to be looking at the seven I am statements that Jesus makes in John's Gospel. Now, as I've said, today I'm looking at I am the Good Shepherd in John chapter 10, verse 11, which actually is the fourth of the I am sayings, if you're reading through the gospel um, from beginning to end. Now, it was going to be the first I am saying, I am the bread of life. But if you've been coming to church for at least the last four weeks, you will know that we've only just done it at Easter. We've had Jesus, I am the bread of life at Easter. So it was rather a bit close for me to then be preaching the exact same message again. Well, it wouldn't be exactly the same because Keith did it and I'll, I'll say slightly different things, but we've moved it. All right. We've been talking a lot about bread. So we're going to have a bit of a, a bread break. Um, <laughs> Clive will then pick up I am the bread of life later on in the series. So that means I'm speaking about I am the good shepherd. Now, another thing to point out in this section of the Bible, there's another I am statement just before the one I'm looking at today called I am the gate. And if you read from the start of John 10, you'll see Jesus says, I am the gate. And it's talking about sheep and shepherds and things as well. But what I'm doing is I'm only going to be starting at verse 11. Because what I might do is I might steal all the good stuff that the other person who's going to be preaching about, I am the gate, I might nick his sermon and preach that instead. So I'll leave that for him for another time. So I'm going to be starting verse 11 so that I don't go poaching someone else's sermon as well. All right, so let's start then. John chapter 10, verse 11, all the way down to 21. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, 
These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? That's where we are looking at today. So as we begin this I Am series, when Jesus says these I Am statements about himself, the phrase I Am in the Bible is very significant, especially for the Jewish listener who is familiar with the Old Testament and can recall other times when I am has been used before. In Exodus 3, it's the first time when Moses encounters God at the burning bush in the wilderness. Part of the exchange they have, he asks God what his name is. This is what it says. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So I am then. This is God's name. It's what he calls himself. So here, when Jesus says, I am, he's saying, look, I am God made flesh. And each I am statement, when we come to them, in John's gospel, gives us an insight into the character and nature of God the Son, Jesus, and also God the Father, who is I am. So let's turn to I am the good shepherd. Shepherding and sheep are also very familiar, just like the I am statement, so shepherding and sheep, really familiar to the Jewish people who Jesus was ministering to, to who this letter was addressed. Shepherding was and still is a very common occupation in the Middle East. The need to move animals to suitable grazing land because it's not covered in lush green grass everywhere like here in the UK. Um, everyone in the Middle East is familiar with shepherding. Many of the patriarchs, and these are basically the male heads of the Jewish nation, like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, they were all shepherds, as well as Israel's most notable king, David. He was a shepherd. And even Moses, for a time, who was Israel's great deliverer, was a shepherd. We also see shepherds as part of the nativity narrative at Christmas time, where the angels announce Jesus' birth to them in the fields at night. The image is very well established and familiar. We also have a metaphor that's being used here. That's basically a picture, picture language being used to describe things. And we have shepherd being used in this picture language as describing someone who is a ruler 
or a leader. And I've just given you some examples of people in the Bible who were rulers and leaders of Israel, who were shepherds. But this idea of a shepherd being a ruler or a leader isn't unique to Judaism or Christianity. Um, as I was doing some reading for this, I came across an essay by Mary Beth Gladwell, and she says this. She says, the shepherd motif in the Old and New Testament says, oh yeah, this is what she's talking about. This is what she says. King Hammurabi of Babylon called himself a shepherd. And Homer regularly styles the Greek chiefs as shepherds of their people. In fact, history has shown from ancient antiquity, rulers were described as demonstrating their legitimacy to rule by their ability to pasture their people. So then, we've just seen some of this in our real life days and times yesterday. Right? Shepherds, crook, shepherds staff, Cast your mind back to something you might have seen in the coronation ceremony yesterday. Okay, this one's made of wood. It's not covered with glittering jewels and made of gold and diamonds and all that kind of thing, but... The staff or scepter, a common accessory for kings in the ancient Near East was itself a form of a shepherd's rod. Shepherds commonly used long poles to poke around crevices and caves and get out scorpions and snakes and kind of hook sheep back, a useful tool for a shepherd. And it came to be a symbol of protection, of power and of authority. And we even see in ancient Egypt, a divine symbol of kingship was the shepherd's crook. And just yesterday, we saw this in the coronation. But here, Jesus takes the image of shepherd further. He's not just any old shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And he says, this is who he is, twice. Just to drive the point home. He is good. Why? Because he lays down his life for the sheep. We need to remember, sheep were a big part of the sacrificial system in ancient Israel. We have the Passover lamb. We have all sorts of burnt offerings for cleansing, forgiveness of sins, for festivals, all sorts of stuff where sheep would be sacrificed, as well as other animals and birds and things, but sheep played an important role. Now get this, sheep were supposed to lay down their life for the people. To be the substitute, to pay the penalty God required of the person for their sin or their uncleanness or whatever. But here, 
the good shepherd flips the narrative. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And in fact, the shepherd who abandons the sheep in their time of need when the wolf attacks and kills them is a bad shepherd. A leader who has no care for the sheep, but only for himself. But here Jesus, the good shepherd, points ahead to his crucifixion and resurrection as our good shepherd. He lays down his life for his sheep, for us, to be the sacrifice required by God for our sin and selfishness, to restore our relationship with God. The shepherd becomes the sacrifice. Why does he do this? Because he knows us. If you look at verse 14 and 15 of today's passage, he does this because he knows us. Every one of us, he knows us. Our good bits, our bad bits, the bits we don't want anyone else to see or know about. God knows us. Jesus knows us. And you know what? He still loves us. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. So here's a question for us today. Jesus knows us. But do we know him? He wants us to know him. The choice is ours. I think it's quite apt that we are the sheep in this picture, in this analogy. Sheep that are notorious animals for being dependent creatures, um, unintelligent creatures, uh, creatures who are prone to just wander off, often unable to find their way to the shepherd, even when the shepherd is right there in front of them. Oh, where's the sheep? Like the sheep, we're similar, aren't we? Just as the Israelites were, because of our helplessness or our tendency to wander and get lost, we are in need of a good shepherd. He goes on to say in verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Here he's speaking of those outside of the sheepfold of the nation of Israel, namely the Gentiles and the Samaritans. So basically you have the Jewish people and everyone else who's not a Jew is a Gentile, okay? So he's speaking about the Jewish nation, but also those who are not part of the Jewish nation, everybody. Jesus has come to save the whole world, not just the Jews. There will be one flock and one 
shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the I am. And here we could see we are the king's church in Wispeach. And that's a very deliberate naming choice. And we can see the way that, that we've written things there. The the is in capital letters to try and emphasize the king, not just a king or any old king, the king who is Jesus, the king's church. And Fiona is very hot on her grammar. And whenever we have king's church without the apostrophe, that won't do, the apostrophe is missing, but because it has a lot of meaning. If there's no apostrophe, the king's church, it just means a church full of little kings running about. Okay? And that's, that's not what we are. The apostrophe S means belonging to. So actually, we are the church who belongs to the king, King Jesus. That's what it means. That's what it says. Our church, we belong to Jesus because Jesus is the king. He is our leader. Jesus is our lead pastor here at this church. Jesus, who's, who, is all, who it's all about and who it's all for. Yes, of course, there are leaders within the church. Any functioning organization needs leadership. But we need to take care not to usurp Jesus' rightful place as the leader. There are no celebrities here. The only king in our church is Jesus. The one flock that is talked about in the passage is the church. This speaks of unity, togetherness, where there's no division between races or nationalities, even church denominations or languages or whatever. We are one flock. We are one church under the one leader and head who is Jesus. As I was preparing all of this, the parable of the lost sheep was brought to mind. In Luke chapter 15, you also get it in Matthew chapter 18. We hear of a good shepherd who has about a hundred sheep, but he loses one. So he leaves the 99 other sheep to go and find and rescue the one lost sheep. Yeah, it might be familiar to some of you, this, this story. And it speaks of God's desire to save all those he's created. It mirrors Jesus' act of leaving the glory of heaven to come down to earth as a human being to save us, the lost sheep, and the rejoicing when that lost sheep is found. But the story doesn't include the obvious next step. That's what I want to bring home today. Because I suppose to the Jewish listener, it was obvious. You see, when the shepherd finds that one sheep that's got lost, he doesn't leave the sheep where he finds them. He doesn't leave the sheep. Oh, yes, there you are on the rocky outcrop. Nice to see you. I'll leave you there now. Now I know where you are. He doesn't leave the sheep stuck in the mud somewhere. He rescues it. 
Why does he rescue it? To bring it back into the fold. He brings the sheep back to the rest of the 99. He doesn't go, oh, here's my one little sheep. Right, I'm going to set up a little camp here, make a little tent and a little fire and just camp out with this one sheep who's on the rocky cliff somewhere. He doesn't do that. He says, great, here you are, up on your shoulders, like on the sheep. sheep we had a, a picture there, a shepherd carrying a sheep. Come with me back into the fold, back to the flock, who is the church. The church is God's family. See, Jesus doesn't leave us where we are. He changes us and brings us into relationship of the church. We're not supposed to stay where we are, where he found us. We come into the fold because there we have protection. There we have fellowship. There, together with others, we have the help and support of other Christians. It's in the fold where we get to know the shepherd's voice so we can get better at recognizing and following him. Jesus is the good shepherd because he lays down his life for us, his sheep. Because he loves us and because God the Father has given him the authority to lay down his life and to take it up again, which means to rise from the dead. Jesus is the good shepherd because he's not abandoned us. He rose again and he's alive even today, leading and directing, healing and protecting all those things that a good shepherd does. So may we know Jesus' voice in our lives by building our relationship with him through prayer, worship, reading the Bible. May we know his leading and direction as we obey his voice as well as by living in relationship with other Christians, discerning the will of God together whilst loving each other as family. May we bend the knee to Jesus, our supreme king and shepherd, laying down our will for his. As we pray together, your kingdom come. Your will be done. For yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Both now and forever. Amen.